six minutes after the hour. Good afternoon. This is the Around the House program, and we're glad you're with us. I'm Ken Moon. We'll be here a couple hours. Uh, actually, in the springs, two and a half hours today. we got a little extra bonus uh, program from 3 to 3.30. Anyhow, we're glad you're with us on the Around the House show. This is our, uh, what is it, uh, 20, 29, uh, 30. We're in our 30th year, actually. This coming November will be 30 years we started the program. Thanks to you and our advertisers and we're just so glad you're with us. Thank you for hanging in there with us. And thanks for all the emails and calls that you uh, favored me with over the years. It's been a lot of fun doing this. Saturday is, just makes my Saturday to join you all here on the radio. Uh, we have a lot to do today, but I wanted to start out with a list that a frequent contributor named Robbie sent me. These, these are just kind of head scratchers. Why do we do things? Uh, what, you, you'll get the premise here after a few of these. Why do we press harder on a remote control when we know the batteries are getting weak? Good question. Well, the same reason people go to foreign countries and speak English, but they yell English like it will be understood, right? Why do banks charge a fee on insufficient funds when they know there's not enough in there in the first place? Why did <laughs> this is pretty good? Why does someone believe you when you say there are four billion stars? But check when you say the paint is wet. Uh, why do they use sterilized needles for death by lethal injection? Hmm, there's a head scratcher. You've heard this one before, right? Why does Superman stop bullets with his chest but duck when you throw a gun at him? Remember that one? Why do kamikaze pilots wear helmets? Now, that's a great, great question. Whose idea was it to put an S in the word lisp? Yeah. Let's see here. Why is it that no matter what color bubble bath you use, the bubbles are always white? I know there's a scientific direction or a reason for that. Is there ever a day that mattresses are not on sale? That's a good question. Uh, I do this all the time. Why do people constantly return to the fridge with hopes that something new to eat will have materialized? Yeah, I open it up. There's nothing to eat. I go away. And Ten minutes later, I look look again. Uh, let's see. Oh, this one. This is human nature on steroids. Why do people keep running over a string a dozen times with a vacuum cleaner, then reach down, pick it up, examine it, put it back down on the floor to give the vacuum one more chance? I like that one. How do those dead bugs get into the enclosed light fixtures in the first place? Uh, a couple more of these. Uh, why is it that whenever you attempt to catch something that's falling off the table, you always manage to knock something else over? Yeah, I do that too. In winter, why do we try to keep the house as warm as it was in summer when we complained about the heat in the summertime? And finally, how come you never hear father-in-law jokes? That's a now. There's a head scratcher for you, right? Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty is our telephone number. One of my good friends says you should say the say the number a little more slowly, okay? And so seven one nine four. I should sing it four seven three. 1240. Anyway, we're glad you're with us. We have live email at aroundthehouse.com. Well, don't forget tonight you turn the clocks ahead for daylight time. And Chris and Matt and I were talking about it before we went on the air. Um, uh, there's a great article in the Colorado, because we were talking about, didn't Colorado pass a, a bill getting rid of the time change? So here's here's a, an interesting article. It's full of red meat here. I want to read 
uh, in the Colorado. And first, the feds must enact a law to allow states the option to choose if they want to go on permanent daylight or standard time. And second, at least four other states in the mountain time zone must choose year-round daylight saving or standard for the Colorado law to go into effect. I think the Colorado law, uh, they they chose permanent daylight saving time, which is, of course, being politicians and compromising and kind of trying to get through passing a bill. They picked the wrong time. It should be standard time. Anyway, that's it's not going to happen. But my own, uh, Montana, Wyoming, and Utah have all passed permanent daylight time measures. Arizona, of course, is on standard time year-round. You knew that. And New Mexico opted this year to keep both times, so they I guess they want to change their, their clocks. Southern Idaho has not yet voted. Northern Idaho is in the Pacific time zone. I would think they meant to say Western Idaho. Anyway, uh, let's see. House sponsor Kathy Kipp, a Democrat from Fort Collins, said she isn't tied to either daylight or standard time, but believes most people are simply tired of the time change. Standard time is the time when the sun is closest to the, to the highest overhead point, the meridian, uh, year-round in the center of the time zone. So that would be a better choice. That's what the railroads picked 150 uh, years uh, ago. The reality is the federal bill, says one of the uh, legislators here, the federal bill has the best chance for the whole country to go on permanent daylight saving time. These states that want to opt out can. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I guess you can opt to stay one way or the other. And I think some states have legitimate reasons for that. He said the federal act to make daylight saving time permanent, if passed, wouldn't go into effect until November 2023, which is not that far away. About 20 states have enacted legislation in favor of no time changes. And um, let's see, there are two bills introduced into the legislature, one for permanent daylight time in the House, one for permanent standard time in the Senate. She said after discussion in a Senate committee, more members were in favor of permanent daylight time, so that measure went forward. Of course, I picked the wrong one. Anyway, so that's kind of the story. We've passed it here. Many other states have, but until the Feds Act, and gosh knows when that is going to happen, to get rid of, there's a Standard Time Act, I guess it was passed in 66, and that's what we're operating under right now. There's kind of a little trivia. Hawaii doesn't change. Arizona doesn't change, uh, except for the Navajo uh, Indian Reservation in northern Arizona. They do change, apparently, back and forth. Indiana used to be split. Half did change and half didn't, or they were, you know, on one on central time and one on eastern time. And parts of Indiana, certain counties, didn't change at all because they were on the edges of the time zone. But that's gone now. Either a whole state has to change or not change. You can't have half half and half so complicated and knowing how politics work works and the inertia of politics you kind of wonder if that's ever uh ever going to change 719-473-1240 is the uh, contact line here's an interesting little email from uh from bob that you may not have thought about Uh, when i close the refrigerator door the freezer pops open you talked about this, but I can't remember the solution. Well, there's a connection between the two compartments, so cold air can circulate into the fresh fruit side from the freezer side. Many refrigerators have a small one-way vent that releases that temporary air overpressure when one of the doors closes. 
check with the manufacturer. That's I think that's important. Take a look online if you can see a, a, a diagram, a schematic, if you will, of your refrigerator, and see if you can find the location of that of that little flapper. Uh, maybe it's stuck closed or something like that because there there should be some way to relieve that relieve that pressure temporarily uh it's also here's here's something that we've talked about before but not for a while it's a good idea to install the refrigerator with the front legs a little higher than the rear legs so the box the, the main refrigerator cabinet ends up slightly out of plumb you want it to be to tip to the rear just a little bit that way the doors will close themselves uh mostly on their own uh but not uh you know they won't just stay open one way or the other because if it's tipped to the rear then the doors the default will be for the doors to slowly close themselves what do we got here we got um miss detroit on line one i can't wait you're on the air with ken moon hi hi how are you all right why the Miss well, Detroit? Having, well, it's a story. I'm, you know, I'm from there, and I, I was, I was in the pageant. Let's just say that. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Well, congratulations, I guess. Anyway, what can I do for you, dear? <laughs> well, it's what you did for me. Okay. And, uh, I've been listening. I, you know, I'm running around on Saturdays doing errands and listening to you, and I've learned so much. This is not going to so embarrass me, advice. is it? <laughs> Pardon me. No, I no. took your advice. I called Click Heating and Air because I didn't want to pay $1,000 more. I want to tell you, you have no idea the type of crew that he has. It's unbelievable. Well, thank I you have for the saying most that. beautiful unit you could ever imagine, and you would never know anyone was ever here doing any work. It's just beautiful, immaculate, and the workers are so professional. That's I've never really, seen a crew like this. That's great of you to call and and take the time to call most people take the time to complain but they don't take the time to compliment and i'm so happy you did that exactly yeah it's a good company yes, I, just... uh, the, the, I had the owner jim on the air here i don't know six weeks ago or so and it's a good company culture uh and uh, it's real they're real pro professional is the way to describe that i guess and i'm so glad you go well, so you got you got one of the one of the uh, units uh, before the price increase right Yes, I got a beautiful ream unit. It's gorgeous. And he was telling me about you. He said, you know, you need to meet this guy. He says he's really got a unique sense of humor. Okay. All I right. Said, well, I, I really enjoy listening to him on well, Saturday. I've, I've sure learned a lot. Well, that's really kind of you to call. Can you tell me your first name? Just, just uh, or would you yes. rather not? No, I'm Diane. I'm Diane. Tell you my first name. Diane Detroit. Yes. That's a great name. Diane I like that. Diane Detroit, exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad I listened to you because, you know, I have been sweltering through the summers, yeah. you know, but I recently got a couple of puppies and I thought, no, I better get this air now because I know I'm not going to be too happy when that heat comes and these yeah. dogs are so hot when they're older and we're not going to enjoy this. So You're going to love oh, central air. You, you just get to create your own indoor air environment. It, the dust and noise and pollution and pollen all stay outdoors you're going to love it and now exactly. are they going to come back in a couple of months when it's warms up or did they get the thing uh working uh uh you know right now oh it's perfection i mean okay. i have a beautiful honeywell thermostat i just press one button one button says heat one button says cool he showed me 
his men walked me through everything. Yep. And like I said, you would never know they were here. This is the most beautiful unit. I took a picture of it because I was sending it to my family all oh, around man. because I said, look at this beautiful installation. It's so gorgeous. You know, a lot of and people so take pictures so of their grandkids, but Diane, you take pictures of your heating system. I'm very impressed. That's that's nice. Exactly. I had to photograph my beautiful Ream unit because it was just, it was like a portrait. I, I centered it beautifully and I mean, I could publish it. It's so pretty. Oh, you're it's too much. Thank, Diane, thank you. You're not Jim's sister-in-law, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I hope, I hope he's listening. Just, if he's not, I'm going to get him a recording of this because yeah, yeah, I, could, yeah. I, they're a relatively new sponsor, but I met had a long lunch with Jim before they went on the air with me, and I just got the sense it's a real professional outfit, and you're confirming that. So uh, bless yeah, you to so take the time to pass along a compliment. Yeah, his men are just exquisite. I mean, the, the workers that came out here, they came, they announced their names. They were exactly on time. I mean, you could look at the clock, and at the stroke of eight, they were at my door. That's great. It was, like, just beautiful. But the installation is what I'm saying. I mean, this unit is so beautiful. And I'm so happy to have it, Ken, because now I don't have to pay $1,000 more. Thank I, you. I think that's a great choice and a great decision. Diane, thanks for the call. I know Jim will appreciate it. Appreciate your, well, your checking in with you. us here on the Around the House thanks, program. Guys. It's 19 after the hour time for a break, and we'll be back right after this with more of this week's email. And your calls at 719-473-1240. Well, now we're just talking about air conditioning because summer's, you know, it's coming eventually, right? So if, if you don't have good windows on your house, you pay more for AC in the summer and more for heat in the winter. So I want you to call Dutch's Home Improvement and have them come out and put some energy efficient new vinyl windows on your house. They carry only the best brands. They've been around over 30 years. And the, one of the reasons they have is because they have great installers. They're fully licensed and insured, of course. I know you've seen Dutch's trucks around town. You've heard of them. I want you to give them a call. If you have ugly old steel, aluminum, or wood windows, call them and get some new energy-efficient windows on your house right now, and your house will look younger. It'll really dress it up, look younger than its actual age, kind of improve the curb appeal of your house anyway give them a call at 719-392-1369 say you want some energy efficient windows on your house right now from dutch's home improvement or go to dutcheshomeimprovement.com once again 392-1369 from your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between ken moon has solutions around the house give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240. It's 24 minutes after uh, the hour now. You know, we're t I was talking to Diane, uh, Miss Detroit, about her new central air conditioning. Uh, and um, she said she didn't want to swelter with her dogs this summer. Uh, and uh, it reminded me, people say, you know, you don't believe in global warming. You know, all that. Because uh, I'm known as kind of a skeptic when it comes to, quote, climate change. There's no doubt the world's getting a little warmer. And why wouldn't it? The climate never stays the same. It's cooling up. It's cooling down, rather, or warming up always. Like George Will once said in a column, how cold would you like it when there was a 1,000 feet of ice on top of downtown Chicago? Was, is that cold enough for you? Because that was like five or 10,000 years ago. So we had, the, we had the little ice age in the uh, 18th century, I believe it was. We had when I, and then it warmed up some, and then when I got to 
the Rocky Mountains back 50-something years ago, it was cold, colder than it is now, a lot more snow, particularly early in the season. I remember we had a lot of uh, snowstorms. The ground would freeze and all that. So there's no doubt we're in a little bit of a warming period now, but why would the climate ever stay the same anyway? It goes back and forth. Uh, for instance, one of the cliches in the climate business is Greenland's called Greenland because a thousand years ago or so it was nice and warm and you, there were vineyards on Greenland and grazing cattle and all that. So uh, the climate does change. It gets a little hotter, it gets a little cooler. But when you break it all down, hotter or warmer is better for a couple of reasons. First of all, we can grow more food. Less people die when it's warmer rather than colder. When it's colder, people go inside. They catch more viruses and get sicker. Uh, and, and just more people die when it gets colder. So a little warm is good. Now, whether uh, we, we all, all the climate change hysterics are worried about a degree and a half Celsius in 100 years or so, big deal. We'll, we'll tackle that with tomorrow's technology. Put another brick on the retaining wall at around Obama's mansion on Martha's Vineyard and have a nice day, right? So there's no doubt the world's getting a little warmer. Uh, not a lot. If you just if you if you read the headlines in the last few months about record snowfalls in Europe and in and here, record California, all of the uh, uh, flooding and snowfalls in the Sierras, right? Big time snowfalls. We're at 134 percent in the Colorado Rockies. I read the other day, and we're not even done. Got another couple of months in the season, so uh, it may be getting a little warmer on average, but the winters are still pretty cold, and so. You know, carry carry a little bag of skepticism with you when you hear all this stuff. And the and the truth is, we solve tomorrow's problems with tomorrow's technology. I'll give you an example. You know, the world was running out of. They used back 150 years ago or more. They used a lot of whale oil. Whale oil was, of course, easy to get, and it was uh, readily available uh, because there were whalers all over the. The globe and whale oil was burned in lamps and so on. And when we started to run out of whales, thank goodness that stopped, petroleum came along. That was a technology. Oil had been discovered uh, back in the 18, I think, 20s or 30s in Pennsylvania. And people like John Rockefeller and stuff came along and said, hey, this stuff's pretty good and we'll get it. We'll turn it into kerosene and we'll burn it in our lamps and so on. And so that was one of the reasons that the whales were saved from extinction is because of the technology of petroleum, which came along just at the right, at the right time. And now there's a technology, of course, called nuclear power, which can save us again if people will start embracing it. But people aren't willing to do that until it's going to have to get really bad before people will say, "Hey, what about nuclear? Uh, this windmills and solar panels are not going to cut it." But we're going to have to go through that pain, I'm afraid, first. But I guess the point I'm trying to make here is, yeah, the climate changes. Why would you expect it to not change? The sunspots come and go. The activity of the sun is the biggest influencer of what happens uh, to our climate and weather here uh, on Earth. A little more. There's been a lot more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than there is now in ancient times. And now scientists aren't even sure if carbon dioxide leads warming or follow or lags warming in other words does it warm first and then the co2 comes or the other way around a little more co2 is good because uh we we now have uh the ability to grow more green stuff 
trees love it plants love it crops love it co2 is is uh, or, or is hors d'oeuvres for plants and for green things and that's that's good it's 400 parts per million if you had a stadium with 10,000 people in it four of those seats high up in the in the grandstand would represent carbon dioxide four out of 10,000 so it, it, I think it helps to keep this stuff in perspective. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to just kind of elaborate a little bit on how I feel. Yeah, it's getting a little warmer. That's why Diane's call about I want AC now. That's fine. It's great. We have the technology, and for now, we have the power to run her air conditioning system. I hope we never lose that. But I'm afraid, as I said, we're going to go through a little more pain before we we start to get some common sense and wisdom. When it comes to our electrical grid, quit closing down power plants. As a matter of fact, I read an article in Wall Street Journal this week. Germany is being saved by coal. They closed down three of their four nuclear power plants in Germany and ran out of natural gas because the Russian situation. So now they're turning back to good old coal to keep the lights on. How about that? So oh, it goes around, comes around, or whatever. You know, The more things change, the more they stay the same or something like some there's some cliche that applies and i can't think of it right now it's one uh, it's at 30 minutes after the hour uh and um, i want to take another break we're right on time so we'll do that right now we'd love to hear from you 719-473-1240 right here on around the house from your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between around the house. Give them a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back to the program. It's 24 minutes before the hour on the Around the House show. Don't forget to turn your clocks ahead tonight before, as we say, before retiring. In spite of uh, the rumors to the contrary, you don't have to stay up till 2 a.m. to do it. That's when they change the clocks. So I guess the bars um, get to... Uh, they, they, they close. Um, they get an extra hour tonight. No, that, no, they lose an hour tonight. They lose an hour uh, at two o'clock. I'm am sorry. At one. Uh, no, they don't lose an hour because they all close at two anyway, don't they, uh, Chris? Whether it's two or two thirty, then that's the yeah. great question. Then they lose the two thirty. <laughs> then they lose the two thirty altogether. I think it's. I think they have to close at two. Most of full service bars in the winter they. In the fall, they pick up an extra hour, so an extra hour to get more drunk, I guess. But tonight, I guess it'll it'll it works out evenly. But you need to change your clock, or you'll be late tomorrow because everybody will be there ahead of you, right? That's the the point about uh, daylight time, I guess. I have I'm embarrassed to admit this: thirty four clocks in my house. I have all the clocks in my appliances. Now I have of the thirty four clocks, about ten of them change automatically. They're tied in with Fort Collins, you know, the national time, WWV time standard. But the rest of them I have to change by hand because I have clocks in almost every room and I'm kind of a clock guy. Anyway, it's easier this time of year because you just push them ahead an hour. In the fall, you got to wait and, and, and take out the batteries for an hour, as you know. But anyway, it's fun. So once in a while, I'm up and watch the atomic clocks actually change. Even the analog ones will start spinning round and round and round until they catch up with daylight time. So that's the national time standard up in uh, Boulder, actually, and broadcast out of Fort Collins. WWV and WWVB are the radio stations up there that 
provide time for all of our all the, the time that we take for granted are tied into that national time standard up in up in Boulder. Let's see. Somebody wanted to know here who's this? Um, this from from um, Pam. I have a broken phone outlet in the wall. There's just something I can handle myself. Apparently, you still have a landline in your house. Uh, yeah, you can handle it, Pam, yourself. Normally, there's about 48 volts DC on the wires coming in from the phone company. That's not enough to to hurt you. Uh, you might get a little tingle from it. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If you have a pacemaker or heart condition, you might want to be a little a little careful. But 48 volts is not enough to really mess you up it's a different story when somebody's trying to reach you ring voltages when the phone ring is can be 90 volts plus which will give you a pretty good nip that's ac so you have to be a little careful if somebody's trying to get a hold of you but modern plug and socket phone replacements require no stripping you don't have to handle bare wire you just shove the wire in and tighten up the little clip or the screw and it's all color-coded so you should be able to do this yourself. I would go on Amazon and I would look for universal socket and plug replacements, depending on what style you have. But yeah, it's it's very easy to do uh, yourself. No stripping of wires and no chance to really get up, uh, get a shock on that one. So yeah, I think I think that would be uh, easy for you to do yourself. So DIY that baby. That's fine. Let's see. Corrine says, can you have too much insulation? Another good question. We got carried away and ended up with about 24 inches up in the attic. Well, that's too much. May West, I love this this old quote. May West one time said, "Too much of a good thing is wonderful." That was May West. But you overdone it with 24 inches of insulation. It's too tall. What, there's a certain point you reach with insulation. If it's too tall, it starts to weigh itself down. You can see the th- taller it gets, the more weight on the bottom, uh, the, the, the bottom parts of the insulation, it starts to compress. So we, th- we think now about 15, 16 inches is kind of all, you know, about, about it when it comes to blown in loose fiberglass or cellulose insulation. So you do have too much up there. I wouldn't try to get rid of it. Um, uh, just leave it in place. It will eventually, con- what we call, consolidate a little uh it'll all insulation tends over the over time to decrease in height a little bit it's because of vibration moisture in the air humidity that kind of thing uh but i want to make sure so i would just leave it alone uh if removing insulation is never a good idea because you get the fat the fibers and everything drapes and carpet and and all that and your furnace system um my only concern now do you have enough free space up there for air circulation you remember remember that to to avoid a super hot attic in the summer you got to have a little air circulation actually year round uh that more in the summer is better of course uh in the winter you like that passive solar gain of the the insulation in the attic heat up a little bit but you need to there's always a little moisture water vapor that wants to come up from inside the house as you bathe and cook and breathe and live in the house, there's a little excess moisture that would, would, wants to kind of equalize into the attic. And so you want to be able to get rid of that. So you want air circulation. And so uh, I hope you haven't put so much insulation in that you've blocked off any potential for air circulation. Okay, so that would be the only 
only uh, caveat I would have. But, yeah, you've got too much up there, 15, 16 inches, which gives you about an R50-ish or so. Insulation uh, is about 3.1 or 3.2 R values per inch, okay? So you can see 15, 16 inches, you're getting up to about R50. And that's that's a that's a good amount of insulation for our part of, uh, of the world. So that's that's all you really need. But many of you don't have enough up there to begin with. Many of you only, you might have started out in the 80s when your house was built with eight or nine inches of attic insulation and might now have consolidated down to six or seven inches and that gives you about an R20 to 22 or so, and that's not that's not good. So you need to go up there with a tape measure if you haven't in a while, see how much actual attic insulation you have, and you can add a layer right over the top of what you have. Speaking of insulation, uh, this is from Will. I have a 1930s house with about three inches of dark, fibrous material in the attic. I don't know what it is, but should I remove it? Do you think it could contain asbestos? Whatever it is, like I just mentioned a second ago, you want to cover it up. Don't try to remove it. It sounds like it's the old rock wool material. Uh, rock wool was made uh, all over the country. It's nothing but but minerals that are actually cooked and puffed up into kind of a, a fibrous insulation material. But there's heavy metals in it, arsenic, antimony, lead, copper, manganese, all kinds of stuff. And you wouldn't want to jerk that out of the attic and have all those minerals uh, get loose in your house. So whatever it is, apply a cap of fiberglass or cellulose right over the top. That's the that's the ticket, okay? I like I kind of prefer fiberglass, but either one is fine. Do you, do you get that 15, 16 inches total? Uh, I... There, I don't know if there's asbestos in it or not. I haven't heard of rock wool containing asbestos. Of course, the stuff's been gone now for, oh, 30 years or so. We don't uh, manufacture rock wool anymore. There's a big, there was a rock wool industries plant uh, right off the freeway in Pueblo, uh, c- kind of down near, uh, halfway between downtown and the steel mill on the east side of the road that's all been covered over that was actually an epa superfund site because of all these issues uh with all the minerals i was talking about and so on so um yeah we just don't make it anymore because it's not healthy and we have much more uh much more healthy if that's the right word much less hazardous materials we use now like fiberglass and cellulose there was some old vermiculite insulation which is like puffed up mica uh and they came uh, some of the mines in montana and idaho had asbestos in them uh that that's long gone also uh it's relatively rare again just leave it alone cover it up with new bologna insulation you probably don't have asbestos uh, uh but will but leave it alone it won't matter once you cover it with something else it'll be just fine. So that's kind of the story. That's a good question. Uh, there's two insulation questions in a row, but you want a, a good layer of 15, 16 inches of cellulose or fiberglass insulation in your attic for heating in the winter and cooling in the summertime to save energy. 719-473-1240 is our telephone number. We'll be right back right after this, right here on a, Around the House. Well, we had a really nice call from a listener named Diane about a half hour ago that she called Click Heating and Air and got in on that 
13 seer air conditioner before the supplies are gone there's new federal regulations that kick in kicked in actually this year so if you want to get cooling in your house and save a thousand bucks call click heating and air right now and get in the queue as diane did before you have to pay more once these supplies are gone the new regs kick in and then everything gets more expensive the feds never do anything that's cheaper right you know that for sure so call click heating and air 719-782-5425 diane told us on the air how great their installers are how clean how punctual they are you'll love dealing with click heating and air so give them a call for a limited time now you can get the old 13 sear air conditioners which are just great for our climate when supplies are gone that's it so you can save a thousand bucks by going to clickheatingandair.com or calling 719-782-5425 need help with your next home project back to around the house with ken moon give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240 it's 10 minutes before the hour. I was just telling the boys, I might as well tell us on the air. I, I, the DailyMail.com is a very interesting news site. Many times they have news before the mainstream folks here in the States do of United States stories. As a matter of fact, uh, there's been some Colorado stories that uh, a missing woman uh, in, investigation up in Chafee County. They had pictures that nobody else had and testimony and, and uh, witness statements and so on. So the Daily Mail is kind of a fun place to get your news from, and they have a lot of serious news also. Uh, and It's an English tabloid-type news uh, news service that has cheesecake photos in it and a lot of showbiz, gossipy rumor stuff and a lot on the royal family. But the U.S. news part is really cool and dailymail.com i think you might like it there's you can get an app for your phone and your ipad anyway i was telling the boys here there was a story this week in australia a bride wanted to save money because confetti i guess she thought was more than she wanted to pay and besides there's dyes in it and she didn't want the dyes to get on people's dresses i I don't some goofy reason so anyway she passed out cups of you ready for this dehydrated mashed potatoes you know the kind you get in an envelope that you add boiling water to and people were throwing that uh, all over the at the bride and groom of course and it was blowing in the wind and sticking to sweaty people and dissolving and getting uh on on clothes and it was just it was just too much so there's a well duh thing there's a lot of well duh stuff in our culture isn't it but throw mashed potatoes right back east uh back east uh there was a phase, and I don't know if this is over yet, but I went to a wedding, I don't know, 20 years ago. I have a lot of family back east. And they, they do you remember this, guys? They threw bird seed instead of rice because the feeling was, well, the birds eat the rice and it swells in their gullets and they, and they die. And rah, rah. To which my question was, what do the birds in China do? There's nothing but rice in China, right? Hello. But anyway, so they f- threw bird seed and... I think that craze is gone. Do you you know whether it is or not? I don't know. Anyway, I get off on these little tangents. Who, you know, who cares? Um, Oh yeah, here's here's this is kind of interesting question. If you're into kind of making sure the environment is okay and who, you know, I envision myself at like Teddy Roosevelt, a conservationist, not a wacko environmentalist, (laughs) and there's a big difference. You know, I've got kids and grandkids. I don't want them to have dirty water or air either. But a little common sense and wisdom mixed in, I think, makes you a conservationist. 
instead of an environmentalist. I just like the term conservationist better. Anyway, so here's a conservation kind of question from Donna. I've got old paint cans I need to get rid of. They all have a little liquid, some more than others. What's the best way to get them out of my life? Well, a couple of comments here. Most counties, I know El Paso County does, and I'm sure up in up in uh, Natrona County in, uh, in uh, listening to us up there in, uh, in Casper, have a hazmat disposal site. Ours in the Springs here is out way out east uh, near Mark Shuffle. And you need to check. I think they're open now five days a week. You used to have to make an appointment. Uh, and uh, so you can just haul them out there and let them. They probably just throw them in the dump like the rest of us do. But I don't know what they do with it. I think there's a special place they take hazardous stuff to and bury it in a rubber-lined uh, deal or something like that, I suppose. Anyway, if it's latex paint, you can take the lids off and let the latex paint dry up, and then your trash company will take it. Because water-based paints that are not liquid anymore, that are in open cans that are dry, are no big deal. So most of us now have latex latex paints, and, and that's the way to do that. So if it's oil-based paints, you want to take them to hazmat place. Oil-based, take the lids off, and uh, you can throw some kitty litter in there, uh, maybe some generic clay-style kitty litter. Uh, and uh, do it that way to dry up that paint. You might check with your trash company, but I, as far as I know, all trash companies, that's okay if there's open paint cans and there's no liquid uh, in there. So there you go. Uh, but the hazardous place, I've taken out CFL light bulbs and propane cylinders, aerosol cans I take out there. They're really nice about it. Matter of fact, uh, computer monitors have heavy metals in them, right, guys? And so I, I take those out there. And they have a special way to get uh, to get rid of those. Uh, what were you saying earlier, uh, Matt, about uh, about disposal of? Well, we're talking about Tesla and electric car batteries. Plastic bags are being done away with, and they are recyclable. But we're putting up the wind and the solar, and none of that. Oh yeah, like wind, solar panels, and uh, all the heavy metals in windmills are not recyclable. Uh, yep, and Tesla or other electric car batteries are not recyclable, but plastic, we worry about plastic bags, right? Yeah. We always worry about the little things, don't we? Um, I, I, you know what, I didn't th think I would like it, but I've got my little fabric bags um, that I haul into Walmart. It's fine. I, I don't... I wouldn't pay ten cents a bag for anything. You know why? Why would you do that? The only tr the only thing I know I'm going to miss, and I still have some plastic bags at the house. You know when you have chicken bones. Ch I think did we talk about this last week? Chicken skin. Um, uh, I don't know. Avocado. Um, what am I trying to skins from the avocado? Onion skins. You don't want to put down a disposer. All of that stuff that you don't really want to throw away in the regular trash or put in your disposal, I put it in plastic bags and tie them up and throw them in the trash. Now I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, and, you know, chicken bones especially, you know, if you just throw them in the trash, they start to smink, stink in the, or smink, one of the two, in the summertime. Uh, and and so, yeah, I'm going to, now you can go online. Uh, Amazon uh, has plastic bags, the same size as grocery bags. Uh, you can buy a couple hundred of them for uh, 12 bucks or something like that. So I may have to do that because plastic bag kitty litter is another thing for plastic bags. That's a big deal. So I don't know. It's not a huge deal, but uh, we, we live in the world we uh, we create and the politicians that uh, we elect create, I suppose. I notice all the eggs now say cage-free. I'm just so happy. 
uh, about that. I want my chickens to be relaxed and you know be able to watch TV and put their feet up, you know, all that stuff, cage free, uh, unstressed chickens, right? That's what you want in your life. Let's see. Uh, here's a email from uh, Marie. I have a walkout basement. It seems to smell musty all the time. Is there any way to sweeten it up? Well, you need some air circulation down there in the summertime. I'll bet it's more musty than it is in the winter because there's more moisture around anyway uh on nice days leave the windows open uh circulate air with a, a box fan or a ceiling fan run your furnace fan all the time like uh, maybe for a 24 7 for a few days and that can kind of sweeten up the air as it circulates from the upstairs to the downstairs air circulation is a big deal what's happening there i think marie is there's always a little what we call transpiration or transpiring water vapor coming up from the basement floor from the concrete floor you can't see it but the water vapor is there and that's what kind of contributes to that musty uh that musty smell of course some some strategically placed air fresheners will help also and uh, but air circulation is a big deal bathroom circulation fans you can uh, put an extra one in in uh, in the hallway and let it run on a timer a couple hours a day that kind of thing just get more air down there and the musty smell will definitely go away well that's the first hour of the program. We'll be back with more of this week's great email. And I got a, I've got a piece here that caught my eye. The headline, America's $100 billion climate change flop. Will you hear this? You wonder what your taxes go for? You're going to roll your eyes when I read this article. It's a good one. Steve Moore, who's a respected economist, wrote it this week. And I think you might, uh, I think you'll get a kick out of it. And again, you'll, you'll roll your eyes as a taxpayer. We always do, don't we? Back with hour number two right after the news right here on Around the House. Six minutes after the hour. Welcome back to the Around the House program, part two. We're going to have a, a part two and a half today because of the CC hockey game. So from 3 to 3.30, we'll have a best of kind of segment. Uh, thanks to uh, Chris, and that'll be fine. I'll get no extra pay for it, so what do I care? <laughs> anyway, no, that's that's that was that's low class of me to say that. I, I'll take that back. Anyhow, good to have you with us here. Our phone number seven one nine four seven three one two four zero. Chris reminded me that my promo. I wanted to talk about humidifiers a little bit. Uh, there's still winter left. A couple of months of winter, you know, out here in the Rocky Mountains. And if you don't have a humidifier in your life, I I would recommend it highly. I have one at my house. I have an April Air humidifier, which is my favorite brand because it's self-cleaning there's no moving parts i've always liked april air and they now sell versions that have a computer inside so you don't have to worry about what is uh, what the furnace is doing the humidifier itself the little computer takes charge of the furnace blower because humidifiers only work when uh, the furnace blower is on and if the humidity gets low in the house which of course this time of year in the rocky mountains it always does then it'll kick the blower on regardless of whether the gas is coming on or off or the flames are on and off. You get the idea. Uh, so uh, the, the April, I think it's a Model 600. That's the one I have as that computer in it. So 
Uh, I would recommend you call Click Heating and Air. They carry April airs. They have them starting at six and a quarter, which is a great price for an installed humidifier. But humidifier will help with your your nasal passages, your skin. You know, the in the winter time, my hands dry up and crack and bleed and hurt and so on. Some of that skin stuff, uh, the, the your nasal passages and bronchial system and everything likes to have a little more humidity. It prefers a little humidity versus the dry air. The kids and grandkids will like it also. And also, there's another benefit, hardwood floors, furniture. Anything that's wood in your house benefits by having a little extra humidity. Now, I ran mine 24-7 last week. I was feeling a little down, like maybe, you know, getting a little virus thing, but I didn't. But uh, I turned the humidifier on for almost 24 hours, and my humidity got to 32%. So, in the low 30s in our climate is about all you're going to get here because it is so dry. The ambient humidity outside is so low that it, the uh, any home-type humidifier is not going to be able to get it much above 30 to 35%. But that's better than 10 or 15%, which is what it is outdoors on many winter days. So a humidifier is a good idea. You put it on the furnace, the self-cleaning style. I just once a year change. There's a, a mesh screen inside that we dribble the water over which then evaporates into the airstream in the furnace. I replaced that. I ordered one on Amazon, actually, and it comes in a two-pack for 15 bucks or whatever it is. That's all I do, and uh, it's just an easy deal because it's, as I say, self-cleaning, no moving parts. So humidifier in your life, I think you would appreciate uh, having that uh, on your on your furnace it's not like the old days humidifiers have gotten a bad rap because there used to be reservoir type humidifiers that had a drum in them uh that would get full of bacteria and 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 algae and so on and just get all slimy and and not not so now that's all changed and by the way we we always use hot water we plumb the humidifier into the hot water side of the plumbing system for the simple reason, of course, the physics of it is that hot water evapor- warm water evaporates before cold water. So that's kind of the deal. So give Click a call, Click Heating and Air, and have a good price. And they may even do a little better on that price because, you know, we're, the bulk of the winter is behind us. So they may be, you know, more willing to, to deal on the humidifiers. But that starting price of six and a quarter is a good a good price regardless so give click eating an air call my sponsor uh they are they're good people 782 and i i should know this by heart 7825425 i had i had half of it anyway so it's a good company and um ask them about an april air the same one that tell them the same one ken moon has and i think they'll get one on you and and again that computer style that takes charge of the furnace is the way to go 7194731240 uh this is an, a, a a piece by steve moore who's a well respected washingtonian economist kind of guy has a lot of common sense a lot of wisdom and is a little um, from the conservative side of the spectrum but uh, these numbers really got to me and i thought you might appreciate this the headline is and we started talking about this about an hour ago. America's $100 billion climate change flop. Okay. For the last 20 years, Steve Moore says, politicians in Washington at the behest of green energy groups have spent $100 billion, give or take, of taxpayer money to fight climate change and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. How is that going so far? 
Well, a recent AP story based on the latest global carbon emission studies provides an accurate report card. Carbon dioxide emissions reached a record high in 2022. Communities around the world emitted more CO2 in 2022 than in any other year dating back to 1900. A result of air travel rebounding from the COVID, that makes a lot of sense, and more cities turning to coal as a low-cost source of electric power. Emissions of the climate warming gas uh, grew 0.9% to reach 38, 36 gigatons and and, uh, that's a billion tons in 2022, according to uh, the International Energy Agency. Uh, You've got to almost shriek out loud when you read this line. Thursday's IEA report was described as disconcerting by climate scientists. Steve Moore says disconcerting. That's putting it lightly. We're the furthest thing from being climate change alarmists. But when you spend $100 billion and achieve absolutely nothing, then what are the green allies up to and the politicians in Washington? Where'd all the money go? Tens of billions of dollars have been used to line the pockets of left-wing environmental and social justice groups that have been emitting a lot of hot air, but no results. Green energy companies have milked taxpayers of tens of billions more, even as wind and solar only produce about 12% of our energy. This is the greatest ripoff of U.S. taxpayers in history, asks Steve Moore. Is it the greatest ripoff? I've often said that I doubt all the doomsday predictions of global warming are accurate, but if they are, we are goners because nothing we're doing on climate change is making even the tiniest bit of difference as the newer report shows. What's going on is it gives politicians and activists a chance to virtue signal. I'm driving a Prius. I'm driving a Tesla. You get the idea. It doesn't matter whether the schemes work or not because they never say then what. The most obvious flaw in the green energy strategy, according to Steve Moore, is that few, if any, of the big polluters are cooperating Despite the assurances from Biden's climate change ambassador, John Kerry, who flies all over the world in his private jet when the rest of us are encouraged to ride bicycles and ride in the buses. The the U.S. is not the problem. I don't know if you knew this or not. We, of all the Western nations, as far as the latest I've read, have done better in meeting our climate goals than anybody else. We're down like 9% in CO2 emissions in the last eight or 10 years or so. But China and India are polluting three times more than we are. uh, And pretty soon India will surpass us in climate uh, emissions. So the only way to combat climate change, says Steve Moore, is not through more command and control of the government. It never works. COVID illustrated that. We need more growth and better technology to deal with the changing climate. That's what we talked about an hour ago or so. Tomorrow's problems are solved with tomorrow's technology, and nuclear power has to be a part of that. If you're worried about CO2 emissions and climate change, uh, nuclear power is the only way to achieve what we need, which is plentiful electricity with minimal emissions. Uh, In the wake of this epic policy failure of spending $100 billion with no results, the Democrats aren't backing off, says Steve Moore. Biden's latest budget calls for $500 billion more for climate change over the next decade. Talk about throwing good money after bad. As Milton Friedman said, whenever a government program isn't working, the politicians respond is, we aren't spending enough money. We need to quit adding to our $32 trillion national debt, which our great-grandkids now are going to have to pay. 
and they're not even born yet in most cases. So what are we doing with climate change other than just spending more money with no results? Because we're not the polluters. India and China and parts of Asia and the developing world are the problem. We're not the problem because we're reducing our CO2 emissions. But again, tomorrow's technology hopefully will include a nuclear power program in the mix. Uh, I hope we learn that lesson uh, in time because the power grid, power is life when it comes to food, water, sewer, and well-being and heat and cooling in the summer and our not just our creature comforts but our basics like food and water uh, rely on a reliable power grid and I hope that doesn't, uh, I hope the reverse doesn't come to pass with blackouts and power rationing. You can only run uh, your air conditioner certain hours of the day, maybe every, every other day, that kind of thing. You can feel that that may be on the way. I'm not going to like it, and I don't think you are either. It's 17 after the hour. Time for a quick break, and then we'll be back with some more of this great email I got this week right here on Around the House. Give us a call, 719-473-1240. Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Hey, it's 21 minutes after the hour. Chris, uh, uh, Chris and, and Matt nodded their heads since I'm as old as I am. I wanted to verify that was indeed CCR, and they nodded their nodded their heads. I oh, John Fogarty, I really like a lot. He's he's still around, right? I, th- I don't know if he's touring or anything. But he's still alive. Who's the Who's the guy from ZZ Top? Billy Gibbons is that his name? The, with a beard. Well, on YouTube there is a fabulous black and white video uh, of it's a setup, of course. But John Fogarty's in this kind of barn where he's rehearsing the band, and Billy Gibbons opens the door and walks in, and they start going back and forth with their famous guitar riffs one after the other. It's six or seven minutes. It is really great. Uh, to, to see the two of them uh, together. So just type in Billy is it Billy Gibbons, right? And John Fogarty on YouTube, black and white. It's a wonderful video. Anyway, John Fogarty is kind of an institution. What do they call it? Swamp rock? Was that what the, the genre was called? I think so. Is that right, Chris? Swamp rock? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, you assume, the, the funny thing is you assume that John Fogarty's got to be from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana or some swamp. Con- no, he's from Berkeley, California, <laughs> which is, a I don't know if he, it's not a secret, but it's interesting how he turned that into a real deal, that swamp rock stuff. Here's, George says, I have recessed light cans with CFLs in them. They don't last very long. Any other ideas? Well, CFLs are kind of gone bye-bye. Uh, CFLs, when they're upside down like that, don't do well because there's a uh, there's a ballast in the base of the bulb, which if it overheats, uh, the CFL will quit. So CFLs do better right side up, but they're gone now. We have LEDs and halogen light bulbs. So rip all of these babies out and get you, you can get halogens, which are uh, still produced halogen light bulbs or LEDs. The thing about LEDs is they give you the brightness without the heat generation. And so uh, when you put LED light bulbs into an enclosed fixture, whether it's a surface mount like a round bathroom or hall fixture or a can light, 
uh, they do really, really well. The downside, of course, to LEDs is they're a little pricey, but not bad. They've come way, way down. Used to pay 32 bucks for a, a LED floodlight bulb, and they're now down to, I think you can get a pair of them uh, at Costco for eight or nine bucks or even less, that kind of thing. But uh, LEDs do well because they don't produce a lot of heat. Now, uh, they uh, you, to dim them, now they're not dimmable unless they're labeled dimmable and you use a, a, a LED dimming uh, dimmer switch. But other than that, I mean, LEDs are just are just great because they don't wear out. Uh, they do over time. Most people don't know this. LED light bulbs are, they used to talk about 100,000 hours, something like that. As they age, of course, they get dimmer and dimmer, but it's very, very slight uh, over a year. So after a LED light bulb is, oh, four, five, six years old, you'll notice a definite dimming, and it may be time to get a new one then, but that's the only downside. LEDs are kind of miracle light bulbs, uh, aren't they? And, and it, the energy they save is just incredible. Uh, under 100 watt equivalent is what 13 amp a uh, 13 watt equivalent to get 100 watts worth of light something like that the numbers are no I'm, no I'm even no no it's even better than that I think a 100 watt LED light bulb might be only three three watts of electricity something Chris you could look that up for me something like that it's it's a huge huge saving for LED uh, LED light bulbs of course uh, as you uh, as you know, and we've talked about this before, as we save energy or water, the utility companies, and this is, isn't just a shot at our local CSU company here, but they raise their rates because if you use water-saving fixtures uh, and don't water your lawn as much, not as much water gets used, but utility companies, light and power, gas companies, have fixed costs and fixed overhead so if you use less of what they offer, they have to raise rates to keep up with uh, inflation and to keep up with uh, their fixed costs. So there's a little bit of a circular thing going on here. Uh, it's if, if you save energy by switching all of your light bulbs from incandescent to LED, yeah, your power bill will go down. But if everybody does it, then rates tend to have to go up a little bit to compensate. That's just the way the way things go. Uh, but that was a good question. I, I can't believe that, uh, George, you still have uh, CFLs in your house, but uh, that's fine. Uh, no problem. But replace them with LEDs. Ben says, I replaced that little pressure relief valve on the water heater, but it still leaks. What else can I What else can I do? Well, it may not be that little valve, and, and that would be the instinct to replace it if it's dribbling. You may have high water pressure. Those little pressure relief valves don't like extra high pressure. You want it to be about 60 pounds or less, something like that. So uh, you might want to adjust the regulator or check your water pressure. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. You know, just as if you, uh, since you're, you, all of us are concerned about high blood pressure, well, the blood pressure equivalent or, or the analogy in your house is the water pressure. You don't want high water pressure in your house. For the same reasons, you spring a leak, uh, as it, if you don't want high blood pressure in your body for heart attacks and strokes, and you don't want high water pressure in your house because leaks and floods and so on. So get a little pressure uh, monitoring gauge to screw on to the, uh, I like to use the cold water faucet at the washing machine because it's so handy, and just measure the pressure in your house, uh, Ben, and I'll bet it's above the 50 to 60 pounds that, that we like, I'll, I'll bet it's really high. If it is, 
up, up, you know, maybe 70, 80 pounds or higher, then you got to adjust that regulator, get it down. I like to set ideally about 55 pounds per square inch in the water lines of, of, of the house is ideal. No more than no more than 60. Now, the reg- regulator, you can adjust it yourself. It has a, a bolt or a screw on top. You turn it in to clockwise to raise the pressure and counterclockwise to lower uh, the water pressure. So 55 pounds is the ideal setting. And uh, if if you adjust it and if, if the – let's start from the scratch here. If the water pressure is too high, and I'll bet it is – and if you can't adjust it with that regulator, then it may be a bad regulator, in which case you'd probably need to call a plumber unless you're good with a soldering torch and, a, and some pipe wrenches. Uh, so that's something to check out. Now, when you here's a little nuance. I don't want to get off in the weeds here, but you screw that little pressure gauge. You can buy these for 10 bucks or so at the hardware store. You screw it onto the cold water faucet at the washing machine, as I said. Measure the pressure. All right, then go over to the regulator and turn it to the left a half a turn. And then you want to remeasure the pressure, but you can't remeasure it until you equalize it. So you go to the cold water faucet, turn it on for a few seconds and off, and that'll restabilize the pressure because as it drops, you won't know it's dropped unless you turn the uh, turn a water fixture on and off for a few seconds. So check it. If it starts to go down, great, a half a turn at a time till you get it below that 60 pounds. And I'll bet your little pressure valve on your water heater uh, will quit leaking. Now, here's another thing that I think you might want to think about. If you've gone into a new home lately and looked around, if you are curious, uh, model, see a model home, you'll see expansion tanks. Expansion tanks usually are a little one-gallon size tank, a metal tank, usually painted uh, blue, usually because, you know, water is blue and all that uh, makes us think of water. It's a one-gallon metal tank that has air on one side and water on the other. So that has a bladder in it that kind of equalizes pressure increases uh, in the system because when the water heater kicks on, with the burners, it can raise the pressure in your system a little bit because water expands when it gets when it gets hotter. And that those expansion tanks tend to equalize or level out pressure changes. And they also will help. Expansion tanks are very inexpensive. You simply plumb it on the cold water line near the water heater, and that's it. So there's a couple of things to do to get that pressure relief valve from uh, from to stop it from drizzling, uh, dribbling uh, the one on your water heater. So. I hope that's helpful for you. You want healthy water pressure in your house. Now, the sprinkler system is different. My sprinkler system is set at about 75 pounds because they have a separate regulator, and my water inside the house is at 55 pounds. You want low pressure in the house, lower, and high pressure in the uh, in the sprinkler system because you need that extra pressure out there to make sure the the zone valves uh, are, are operating properly, and the the heads in the sprinkler system are throwing water far enough to cover the lawn. So, 75-ish to 80 in your sprinkler system, and 55 or so in the house are ideal settings for the water pressure at your house. 719-473-1240. We'll be right back right here on Around the House, and we have live email at aroundthehouse.com. Well, I've talked about Click for a while now, and I usually start these commercials by saying life is too short to not have central air. I, I really believe that. 
new government regulations, however, mean you're going to pay a lot more if you don't get going right now and call Click Heating and Air. They have a limited supply of the older 13-seer air conditioners, which are just fine for our climate. They really are. Once these are gone and the new regs kick in, you'll be paying over 1000 bucks more with no benefits. So call Click right now at 719-782-5425. Don't go through another sweltering summer. They don't have many of these left, so I want to create a sense of urgency here to have you call Click Heating and Air. They have a really cool website, clickheatingandair.com, that's interactive with instant pricing. You can get your own price for your heating and air conditioning system right on right online. But call them and get in the queue for Central Air and save over 1000 bucks. Click Heating and Air, 719-782-5425, 782 5425. Fix it videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719 473 1240. That's 719 473 1240. 24 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program, uh, and we'd love it if you check in with us. Also, live email at aroundthehouse.com. Forgot to mention the podcast. The podcast, uh, you're, you're responding so well to the podcast. I still lead the pack here at the local radio station and uh, with uh, my show after show in the top 10 of the Around the House show. We're so glad you're you're doing that. Just go to aroundthehouse.com, click on Listen to Podcast. You can download it, take it with you, or that'll take you to the krdo.com site, or you can go there, krdo.com slash radio, and and check out the podcast. So thank you for doing that. I also wanted to shout out to our listeners up in uh, Wyoming, KTWO, 50,000-watt uh, Wyoming's radio station. It is billed as, which is just covers the state like a blanket, and they're carrying the program. Of course, we're so glad to have you folks up there in Wyoming. And, of course, is our home station here, KRDO AM and FM in Colorado Springs, which gets us down into Pueblo and the Arkansas Valley. So thanks for being with us here on the show. Another headline I love this one. Eugene, Oregon bans natural gas hookups in new residences. After more than two years of debate, the city council on February 6th voted to ban natural gas hookups uh, in the state uh, in new residential construction, becoming the state's first city to prohibit new homes from using gas furnaces, water heaters, or appliances, stoves, dryers, that kind of thing. Uh, they voted five to three in favor, citing concerns about climate change and public health saying that would ban would reduce carbon emissions and eliminate the air quality hazards of gas stoves. Ooh, gas stoves, evil, evil. Eugene Mayor Lucy Vinnis applauded the move. We have a governor who has pledged to build 36,000 new houses this year. A governor is going to build the houses, I guess, not the builders, okay? The mayor, Venice, Lucy Venice, says we do not want these houses with natural gas hookups, and we can lead the way in the city of Eugene to say this is how it's done. And I'll bet you any amount of money that Mayor Lucy Venice has a gas furnace in her <laughs> in her house. Oh, man. Uh, the executive director of the Western Oregon Builders Association has concerns. Our members are committed to helping create the housing our community needs on an affordable basis. We believe the surprise action like the Eugene City Councilors will do little to improve climate and hurt our local abilities, builders' abilities to create housing that's truly affordable for our neighbors. So there you go. Uh, the new homeowner always gets it in the shorts for some reason or other. Uh, no matter what the new technology is, what the new rules are, young folks that want to buy a new home always have uh, their hopes dashed by higher prices 
because of these climate change folks that are virtue signaling it's going to do nothing uh, but you know so now we have to do electric furnaces electric uh, electric everything water heaters and so on but the electricity has to come from someplace and you know where it comes from from burning fossil fuels so it's not going to make any difference at all which is just it's just crazy if you if you think about it besides which it's much more uh, energy inefficient to heat houses to heat hot water with electricity than it is from we've talked about this many times before it, you can heat four gallons uh, four to five gallons of water with natural gas that you can heat um, it, it, that would take the energy to heat one gallon with an electric water heater but don't bother me with the facts i'm having too good a time <laughs> virtue signaling that's kind of what's going on 719-473-1240 gary says we're trying to sell my father's house it has that old polybutylene plumbing and the buyer wants a five thousand dollar credit to replace it Does this sound okay to you five thousand sounds like a more than a fair number i've been hearing numbers higher than that it depends though uh on so many factors you know uh, uh what style of house it is if it's a rancher if it's a crawl space basement two stories or more how many bathrooms it has and those kinds of things so uh, uh if if you can get away with a five thousand dollar credit for the for the piping i i think i I think I would do that because I think it's going to cost more than that to replace the plumbing. Polybutylene pipe was with us from the late 70s through the early 90s, has a bad reputation. The fittings and the pipe break down because of the oxygen and the chlorine in the water. Shell Oil invented polybutylene. It's, it's gray color. You can spot it because it's gray. Okay, There's not a lot of it left around. Many, Most of it's been replaced by now uh the fittings are the key here there were several generations of polybutylene piping and you can kind of tell which generation based on the fittings that is uh the t's and and the elbows that you hook the pipe together with the, the initial ones were really junk they were plastic fittings with aluminum crimp rings and they didn't do well at all the last generation had copper fittings copper elbows and copper t's and they had copper crimp bands around the fittings so those do a lot a lot better the thing is your the piping in your dad's house is at least 30 years old ish give or take probably older than that and it haven't if it hasn't leaked so far i mean that's a, a good sign but unlike you and me polybutylene doesn't get any better with age it tends to as it ages uh, be at more risk for leaking so i would yeah you need to get it replaced now they used to replace it with copper when they, all these troubles first started there was a huge class action lawsuit against the shell oil company but that's been uh over and done with now for 20 years or so so now we use pex piping pex is the modern version of plastic water piping that has a pretty good reputation all the builders are using it now for lots of reasons the, the main one is it doesn't get stolen out of houses like copper plumbing does it's so much easier to put in so in an existing house when you're replacing polybutylene pipe uh, uh, pex is good because you can snake it around corners and through walls and hidden spaces and so so on without having to put an elbow in or any kind of a fitting uh, at all so yeah, I I I think that five thousand dollar credit is a very fair, uh, a very fair number for polybutylene uh, plumbing. The home inspectors, the real estate community, appraisers, everybody, uh, insurance companies are are in on the polybutylene thing, and uh, 
and don't like it. You know, if you, if you see a polybutylene house, the realtors roll their eyes, and, and rightfully so because it has such a bad reputation. So, yeah, that's that's the story. And you, there's all kinds of websites, polybutylene.com uh, slash poly.html is a website. I haven't checked it lately, but it's a great website with a lot of illustrations and photographs of how to check for polybutylene, what to do about it. So polybutylene.com slash poly.html is that website. So I hope that's helpful to you. Uh, this Before we go to our break, Amy says, I have a question about cleaning winter salts off the garage floor. If I sweep it, it's very dusty. Well, uh, po- a power washer here is the way to go. Uh, make sure, of course, you want to make sure your slope, your floor slopes the right way. Many f- garage floors slope the wrong way, and the water runs towards the house. So uh, it, lift up anything uh, on the surface like cardboard boxes and the vulnerable objects and use a power washer. Um, you can use a, uh, if you don't have a, a formal power washer at your house, then, of course, a garden hose with a, with a spray nozzle on the end is second best. A little liquid detergent or vinegar, white vinegar, and a stiff bristle broom will get rid of all of that material on the floor that came in this winter. It's a little early to do it right now. I'd wait another month probably before I'd spend the time and effort on this. But a power washer, a hose, and a sprayer, a little white vinegar, maybe some detergent, and that stiff bristled broom is all you need to do, and you'll be all set uh, uh, to have a nice clean drive or garage for this uh, for the spring to come. But as I say, make sure that the floor slopes in the proper direction out of the house, not in. Time for a break. We'll be right back after this. 719-473-1240 right here. Yeah, on Around the House. Well, Dutch's Home Improvement's a name I know you've heard. Uh, they've been around over 30 years. They do windows, siding, doors, patio covers. They do it all to make your house uh, look newer than its actual age. But I want to talk about windows now because energy is a big deal to all of us, summer and winter. And if you want to save uh, save money, get rid of those ugly old windows, aluminum or steel or the old wood windows from the 80s. Throw them away and have Dutch's put some new energy-efficient vinyl windows on your house they have only the best brands to choose from so i want you to give them a call at 719-392-1369 392-1369 or dutcheshomeimprovement.com they're fully licensed and insured of course and the energy efficient windows that they'll put on your house will save you energy summer and winter and give your house a facelift you know new windows will make your house look younger than its actual age lots of folks sell windows and doors and siding but i want you to call dutch's home improvement and save energy summer and winter dutch's home improvement 719-392-1369 that's 392-1369 got a fix it problem at your house ken moon is here to help give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240 Welcome back to the program. 11 minutes before the hour, I wanted to remind you to turn your clocks ahead tonight. Now, Casper won't apply to you because you'll be hearing the show uh, later, a week later than uh, than the actual recording. And and that reminds me to remind you, if you want to call in from Casper, call in at 1 o'clock Mountain, uh, mountain Time, but turn your clocks ahead tonight. But I wanted to also tell you that next week, 
have a special guest, John Creddy, our gardening with an altitude guy, will be here in our second hour of our show. And John's a great guest because we'll talk about spring gardening. And uh, this is the time of year when you want to prune. If you want to prune trees and bushes, you got to do it right now. And so John will uh, elucidate on that. We'll have a good time. John's been a guest on the program for, I don't know, 20 years or more. Uh, and he's just really great at what he does. He lives on the Western Slope, but he's a prolific author. Gardening topics, uh, horticulture is his thing. You've heard John before, so we'll have a good time with John Creddy, our Gardening with an Altitude guy, next week on the program's second hour. Uh, speaking of John, John says, I want to put a new floor in the kitchen. I've removed the old linoleum. Can I just go ahead or do I really need another layer first? You should install some underlayment. Even though your floor is nice and flat now and looks ready for the new tile, you won't like the long-term results unless you put a flat layer underneath. Um, the, the reason why is your kitchen floor flexes every time you walk across it just microscopically. So if you're, if you're going to put in ceramic tile, uh, then the extra layer, a quarter-inch underlayment, uh, will really help. You can use Duroc. You can use... Uh, wood underlayment like birch or whatever you want that extra layer will act like a sandwich a laminate and it, it make the floor that much uh stronger uh there also are uh formulations of kind of plasticized underlayments that have fiberglass tape woven through them uh and they they get screwed down and glued also the underlayment but you know i want you to if you've got a nice flat surface i wish by the way i wish you hadn't um remove the old linoleum because if your house you didn't say how old your house was but if it's a 70s or earlier you might have released some asbestos fiber into the air so i wish you'd left it uh, let it be uh L don't for overlook lvt luxury vinyl tile now is a big part of our building environment it's it's extra thick slabs if you will of of vinyl uh that looks some wonderful wood patterns in lvt now that looks really really good it, it's easy to care for you simply wipe it with a swiffer once in a while or a damp mop or whatever you want lvt is the way to go unless you want to do um uh, you didn't say here but uh you say new tile floor so i'm assuming you might want uh you might want uh, ceramic tile but i would also think of wood wood in a kitchen i have it in my house uh i, I used pre-finished oak which I really like. I use the three and a half inch instead of the traditional two and a half inch boards. Uh, it's it's kind of a blonde oak finish on it, factory finish. It looks really great. I love my wood floor in the kitchen. But don't overlook LVT. LVT. When you go in a new model home now, you you know you'll see, especially on in slab houses, many builders use a concrete slab instead of a crawl space or a basement. So LVT now on those concrete slab floors really looks great. And so I would like you to check that out if you would like but yeah if you're going to just use regular tile or put on new linoleum you want to put a layer of underlayment on there on there first uh, uh so thank you john for that email 719-473-1240 is our uh telephone number and we'd love it if you check in we've got a few time to take another call or so here um let's see here what do we what do we got for emails uh let's see oh yeah this is an interesting one it's it doesn't apply to most of you but i think you might find this kind of uh interesting um one of my kids says forrest is buying a manufactured home uh, that was smoked in i need some tips about how to get the smell out uh yeah 
I know what you mean. I mean, smoke tends to cling to the walls and ceilings in a house because the smoke particles are electrostatic and they cling to flat surfaces. Uh, if the ceiling's textured, then you got to spray on some acrylic latex paint. You don't really do, need to do much cleaning. If this if this textured ceiling is a little dingy from you know the cigarette smoke and maybe a little grease from the kitchen and a little you know you know what I'm saying, kind of a, a drab, dingy kind of look to it, yellowish gray or whatever. Uh, use a satin gloss. Uh, latex paint and spray right on the ceiling so you start from the ceiling on down uh the walls i don't know what kind of walls many manufactured homes have some uh, like paneled walls or pre-finished drywall with wrapped with a vinyl t- wallpaper type stuff uh, like a, like a vinyl tech like a decorative vinyl coating you can use murphy's oil soap to to clean all that i've done that and the the rags and the bucket turn orange from all the all the smoke particles that you wash off the walls. Murphy's oil soap does a pretty good job. Um, and and so that's the ceiling, and there's the walls. And, of course, if you got to, if you have carpet in there, you kind of got to get rid of the carpet. You, you can, If you got drapes, you can take them to a dry cleaning or a drape cleaning company like uh, is it Coit, one of those companies, and they can clean those for you. Uh, but you should replace the carpets and maybe the pad if the if the – uh, if there's uh, odor in the in the pad, um, if the smell reappears in the house after you've done all the things I recommend, then you might want to clean the ducts. But I'll bet it won't. Uh, generally speaking, the ducts don't don't hold that smoky kind of odor. So that's kind of the story. Start from the ceiling on down, ceiling, walls, and floor coverings, and then the drapes, and and you'll get rid of that that smoky smell. Yeah, it's it's not fun to live in. And there's less and less of this going on. There's less and less people smoke, of course. But uh, if you've lived in a smoker's house, you know exactly uh, what I mean. Finally, Jeff says, I'm in an old house with a brick chimney. I want a new water heater, but the city says I have to line the chimney. Is that a big deal? Yeah, it is a big deal because old brick chimneys can leak fumes into the house and the attic, which is uh, it can contain carbon monoxide. Uh, in the in the good old days, builders simply stacked up bricks uh, in a square pattern to form a chimney with no flue liner, maybe inside. So the brick by now, the mortar is kind of crumbly and and leaks fumes, and so you yeah you really don't want to expose uh, anybody in the house to any f- possible fumes that can come in the house from the water heater or the furnace for that matter. So what the city allows you to do is the, they get up on the roof with a flexible aluminum flue liner and just drop it straight down through that brick tim- chimney right down to the basement because you can usually they're nice and straight and it'll it'll drop down in the basement then they can chop a hole in the brick or whatever the chimney uh, material is in the basement and tie into that sleeved liner so yeah you really do need to comply with the code and safety regulations and just common sense you really do need to line that chimney so again they just sleeve it with a metal uh, flue pipe, and uh, then there are no more safety issues in an old brick. Now, you didn't say how old the the, uh, the house was here. You may have a, uh, a flue liner in there, like a, like a clay flue liner, that yellowish hard stuff, but that, even that can leak. So I think the city's you know, exercising their, their authority here on the side of caution, which is what you want anyway. So you want to do that. Uh, the... Uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to do that? 
as the city uh, asks you to because you uh, don't want to take a chance with your family, take a chance with your safety, take a chance with anything when it comes to CO uh, poisoning, which is carbon monoxide in your house. So do what the city says. Uh, I guarantee if you don't, it'll come up in a home inspection and you'll have to do it eventually anyway. So it's kind of expensive, but do it and be safe. That's a big deal. Okay. All right. So uh, that's it for the program. Thank you, Chris Moyer and Matt McKinley. I appreciate your help uh, on uh, in the control room, as always. I hope we'll see you next time. John Creddy next week in the second hour right here on Around the House. God bless. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time.